Blog Talk Radio.
Grand Rising and Better Love. You are listening to the Truth to Power show. I'm Beverly, and tonight we have Eddie Rodriguez, and we're spotlighting on Puerto Rican salsa and Latin jazz artists. Thanks to Eddie Rodriguez. He is bringing us this great music here. How are you doing this evening, Eddie Rodriguez? From Puerto Rico. Uh, do you have your mute on? We are live. Okay. And so uh, we might be having some technical difficulties here. And I am going to continue to play the music. And uh, Eddie Rodriguez is going to come on and uh, tell us about the artist and give us the uh, information. Uh, on the music, and so let's go here. Let's see. Oh, Eddie, I, I think your line is opening now. Eddie Rodriguez? Yeah. Good evening, Beverly. How are A you pleasure doing? to be on. Good evening. Yes, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm doing great. You know, always a pleasure to hear your voice and be with you, uh, you know, to join you on your Block Talk radio show. Truth mm-hmm. to Power every Thursday from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 to 8 Pacific Time, and 10 to 12 Atlantic Standard Time. Uh, this is I'm coming to you live from Puerto Rico uh, on my iPhone. Uh, this is I have no uh, professional uh, microphone. This is a show that we do as a public service. And I want to thank you for inviting me again to join you on this musical conversation between an African-American woman from Detroit and a Puerto Rican from the Bronx who uh, has traveled um, from the South Bronx to Southern California to South America to the South of France uh, dealing with Latin music and the music music industry in general. Uh, so once mm-hmm. again, I, I take great pride in, in what I do tonight. We're we're going to do something that's uh, special. We're going to talk about an art that uh, a lot of people um, don't realize uh, exists within the um, tropical Latin salsa music uh, performances and, and recordings. Um, I'm talking about singers that have uh, that are able to improvise on 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 the spot and create new things like uh, a modern poet, so to speak, uh, all within the theme of the song. Uh, however, uh, creating uh, a uh, an improvisational uh, segment that that uh, mm-hmm. exists, uh, you know, within the recordings or the live performance. Uh, every salsa singer <clears throat> is not a sonero. Sonero. What is a sonero? Well, sonero is a uh, tropical salsa singer that is able to um, spontaneously and impromptu uh, um, improvise uh, a, a section of a song with their own uh, creation of the words that 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 go along and sometimes rhyme, you know, with with some key words about 
within the um, song. So, you know, the, the compositions, the arrangements that you hear uh, for Latin dance music, we usually have a segment where where they allow the, uh, or it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's standard to have a segment where the lead vocalist, uh, mo- most, you know, we're talking about the artists uh, that, that uh, you know, are being recorded that tour the world. And a lot of people, you know, don't realize that we have 500 million Spanish-speaking people on the planet. And so these artists, you may not hear about them in Detroit or, you know, other parts of, of the USA in particular, or even in the parts of the Caribbean. But definitely the Spanish-speaking islands, uh, in the U.S., uh, the Caribbean, and Mexico, obviously, Central and South America, and all of North America. I think there's a lot of Canadians and a lot of Latinos in Canada, and obviously mm-hmm. Mexico is also speaking. And then we have, we have all those countries in between. We have, you know, not only in Brazil that has 200 million people, and <clears throat> Spain and the Canary Islands and and you have um, Portugal, which is, once again, it's Portuguese, you know, in Brazil and Portugal, not Spanish, but it's the same feeling. It's the same flavor of the dance right. that people love. And, you know, this is, music has gone as far as Japan and to Korea and Dubai. So, uh, you know, the... the, the that music industry is, in particular, the salsa music industry that I've been involved with for the last 40 years, uh, has grown in leaps and bounds uh, to the point where um, the top artists in the business, you know, generate tens of millions of dollars, you know, from from their touring and and their record sale, music sales, and uh, uh, you know, they're they're still out there and they're still, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I said some of them into the 80s, and they're still out there swinging. Some of them into the 90s. So, wow. Uh, the goal, the goal is now is you know try to support all the younger uh, tropical salsa artists and, and and try to help them to to follow the, the path that uh, a lot of their uh, people that pioneered, you know, going to different countries and uh, opening up the market for uh, people who love music, who feel it, who love to dance, love the beat. And sometimes in places like Germany or, or places like Switzerland, you know, they don't speak Spanish in Japan, you know, but they mm-hmm. love the music. So, uh, um, yes, I'm very glad to be with you again tonight, and I hope everyone enjoys our program. Well, the opening theme song, was Jumping Simpson said, was arranged by late great king of Latin music, Tito Puente, and uh, uh, Symphony Sid was a jazz radio DJ. Uh, so um, there was a jazz version of uh, Jumping the Symphony Sid uh, that he was doing that for years, and then in the 60s, the Latin thing started to uh, grow in terms of English language um, Latin music. It was called the Boogaloo. This was a creation from New York City, and so you know. But what came after Boogaloo was this salsa music branding and promotion campaign on a global level. But it started all on one show, 
the Symphony Sid show. Uh, every every night um, after his jazz um, segment, he would do a Latin segment, and um, eventually it just turned to a Latin segment of the entire show. But he used to come on late late at night, you know, uh, eleven mm-hmm. o'clock, and um, I used to do that program all through junior high school and high school, and. Um, uh, you know, he opened up a lot of a lot of a lot of doors. You know, he was able to to begin what's mm-hmm. called the branding of a new uh, genre, which is not really new. It's just the branding of a genre, which is tropical Latin dance music. They used to call it mambo. They used to call it cha cha. They used to call it rumba. And Gary um, Masucci, like Gary Masucci, and the late great. Um, artist, uh, musical director, producer, Johnny Pacheco, they started a record label by the name of Fania, F-A-N-I-A. And they started signing young artists and recording them. They had great arrangers. They had great uh, sound engineers, recording engineers, mixing engineers. And that was all in the LP, obviously, uh, and, and the cassette. Then, then the cassette uh, market um today we have the you know music streaming platforms and cds and albums don't sell as they used to but um they started they started what is now an industry that is a multi-million dollar industry uh, called the latin uh, tropical salsa music industry recognized grammys and recognized all over the world and uh, dance studios and professional dancers, mm-hmm. even in dancing, dancing with the stars, they have a salsa, they have a salsa mm-hmm. uh, dance, uh, uh, you know, for people, for the stars to dance. And uh, uh, mm-hmm. so I'm very proud, that, you know, of, 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 you know, being within the behind the scenes of the Latin music industry, and to share some of my um, some of my travels and some of my. Um, Experiences with some of the artists that uh, uh, I, I was honored uh, and blessed to, to know and to work with, in particular Tito Puente was that opening arrangement. I don't know something was sent to me. Said, "Oh, the first and um, the last, uh, yeah, go ahead." Mm-hmm. Before we get into the music, uh, for people that don't know who Eddie Rodriguez is, uh, what did you do in the music industry? Well, you know, my last um, position in a um, within a company um, was uh, as the producer. I was in a, in a record label. I was producing Latin mm-hmm. jazz albums. Uh, I, I didn't start off like that. I started off actually. I knew where my uh, where I was going to be, what I wanted to do in life. It, it was at, uh, it happened in uh, 1975 and at Bronx Community College in New York City. And I was the president of the Veterans Association, and we did a fundraiser, you know, to help with uh, uh, a project that we were working on to uh, get extra credits for the veterans for, for life experience being in the military, which is unique, you know, any student that was going to uh, get elected, so to speak, to get their degree. Um, you know, just going, uh, taking courses that uh, were really not 
anything uh, that you would think uh, uh, you know, was going to be used in the future, but uh, they needed those printed. So uh, I was able to do, uh, you know, propose to the Dean of Academic Studies that um, the experience of veterans, you know, just being in the military for two years or four years was a unique experience that you could only learn being in the military and that deserved credits, life credits. And you were able to do that without having to do bivouacs and graduation and posters. We had mm-hmm. rallies, but uh, so, and my first concert um, when I got on stage, I was the president, you know, to welcome everybody. Uh, when I got off that stage, you know, I was, you know, I said, wow, you know, I really love this. The music, obviously, at the end of the concert, you had my Tito, a late great, you know, my Tito, all the 21 piece orchestra with Graciela. Uh, we had this group, great group, Manio, Kendo, and Libre, and a group that was very popular at the time called Tipica 73. And so there's where I caught the bug for Latin music. Okay. And uh, right. years later, uh, yeah, five years later, I was working for a radio station. I went to San Francisco from the Bronx, San Francisco, and um, uh, I had a job offer to work uh, for the railroad. And um, mm-hmm. so I used to travel, you know, from Oakland to Chicago and uh, Oakland to, you know, to L.A. and Mostly, mo- that was mostly my run, LA to Chicago back then. I mean, San- uh, Oakland to Chicago, and uh, mm-hmm. then I started working, for, you know, a private railroad company, uh, Southern Pacific, and I did that for a few years. And but every time I was off, I was working for a radio station, and so I got to be the local retail sales manager. And so I knew that I learned that side of the of the, of the industry, and then I got a mm-hmm. contract uh, from. Um, I mean. I was working on record labels to buy ads on the radio station, and then uh, those companies were in L.A. One company in particular, which is CBS Records, had a Latin division, so I got my first deal with a record label, and you know, uh, I decided after that that I, I, I was going to relocate to Los Angeles. And then in Los Angeles, what I did was I started doing small events. My first tour was with the artist, a great and incredible artist by the name of Ruben Blades. And um, so I was able to, you know, get the, the funding, sell the tickets, the promotion. That's where I started in, in L.A. And uh, from there, uh, um, you know, I just kept doing that and, uh, for years. And uh, then I, I started working with a Mexican record label called Fona Visa, owned by Televisa. And so I was doing national music uh, marketing of this Mexican recordings and uh, people don't know that 50% or more of the Hispanic the U.S. Hispanic market is are consumers of uh, you know Mexican heritage you know the rest you know, come mm-hmm. from South America that you know the Caribbean uh, Europe um, you know Spain etc you know but um, the, the, the big money in Latin music, or was in uh, in Mexican regional Mex- Mexican music. So, um, you know, when I was in San Francisco, I also dabbled into producing a show um, with a great Latin jazz uh, uh, artist by the name, the late great Cal Jader. 
uh, if I have a phone, it's from Sweden. And, uh, you know, when I left to L.A., I started doing the same thing, and I did that for years, and I started doing shows, and I got involved with a television program that was called Bravissimo, and we used to videotape a live concerts, and, um, and you know, obviously the lyrics were in Spanish, but the host was an English-speaking host. <laughs> it was on the ABC television <laughs> network. And, you know, this is in the 80s, and you know, I was green. I didn't know about syndication. I didn't know about sponsorships. And, and I, uh, they put me in charge of that. I learned that. And from there, I went to work for Billboard magazine. Uh, they didn't have the Latin charts at the time. Uh, and I was there when they started that, and when they started the Latin uh, Billboard Latin Music Awards uh, in Miami. I was coming back and forth to Puerto Rico. We did a, I did a special mm-hmm. called the... Uh, Viva Puerto Rico, one and two, part one and part two. Uh, um, take, looking at the market, you know, record labels, the distributors, the manuf- you know, CD manufacturers, etc., and, and the artists. So I got my feet wet in that, and uh, from there, I, you know, went back to L.A. Uh, and I started working for uh, our, well, I was working obviously for Televisa up until the 90s or close to the 90s. Then I was hired by RMM Records out of New York City, uh, Ralph Mercado, the late great Latin music promoter, Ralph Mercado. And um, I started working in the LA market. I started by alone in a Mexican, regional Mexican market. Uh, and, um, Obviously, from there, I, I worked for three years. I you know, started by myself before I left. I had a staff of five people, and we were selling a lot of Latin, tropical Latin music in L.A., and I was able to get a deal for for, for the label with uh, the, the, just the beginning of Universal Music Group. And um, the owner of the label, Ralph Mercado, decided to relocate me back to New York uh, to handle the Latin jazz label copy jazz. I was able to work with Tito Puente and Eddie Palmieri and Dave Valentin, Dave Valentin, Dave Hilton Greece, uh, and remarkable Patito Patito de Rivera, uh, Tito Valdez, Michelle Camilo, and a bunch of other artists, Charlie Sepulveda, but but I made it, you know, so I was in the recording studio a lot, and obviously promoting these these artists until I got a job in Paris uh, for a um, an international music industry trade show, and so I represented them in, in Latin America. So I traveled to all the Latin American countries, and Central America, South America, the Caribbean, and in the USA, you know, the Latin, Latin record labels to get them to participate. In a new conference we were launching in Miami, in the Miami Beach Convention Center, uh, called Medium Latin American Caribbean. So I did that, and after that, uh, I started working with uh, Ralph Mercado again, and um, you know, right, right up until that, I had been working uh, as the manager of Tito Puente. This is Tito Puente's manager, the late Jack Hook. Jack Horowitz. I used to manage Tito with, with Ralph Mercado. And so um, I, I called up 
you know, to, you know, express my condolences, you know, uh, about Jack and et cetera. He was close to Jack and then said, hey, Eddie, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to need somebody in the office, you know. I said, um, I said, oh, okay, so what do you think? And, and he says, well, look, I'll, I, um, I'd like you to, you know, to, to be the person to, to work with me, you know. And, um, uh, you know, I don't have anybody. And I said, well, you know, Tito, those are big shoes to fill. He said, Eddie, I have all confidence in the world. Now, I had met with Tito when he went to France and we were doing projects together prior to that throughout the years and recording. So he knew me. And, um, mm-hmm. and then he said, you know, Eddie, just talk to Ralph and get it done. So that's what I did. I talked to Ralph Mercado. We signed the contract. And I started representing Tito Puente until he passed away. And after that, I decided just to, you know, go at it from 2000 until today on my own. And um, mm. in all that time, I've done streaming projects for Mariah Carey. <laughs> I've done, I've done, you know, sponsorship sales, of, you know, for Mexican, uh, the number one Mexican uh, music uh, event promoter in the U.S. Uh, Pedro Zamora from Zamora Live. And up until that, then COVID came, and uh, I haven't been back to work since, uh, since COVID. I've been in Puerto Rico most of the time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's Eddie Rodriguez. I mean, marketing, promotion, licensing, uh, mm-hmm. um, uh, management, artist development, record, uh, recording, producer, um, you know, but mostly, you know, doing this, doing something that I love to do, which is involved with great artists, great creative people uh, within the Latin music industry and producing Recordings and producing a live concert so people could enjoy themselves with some great music. So that's pretty much it. You know, what I mean, that's a long one. And well, I, I'm a dad. I have three children. I got four children. <laughs> and, and, okay. and my wife is, uh, and my mom is still alive. And, you know, she's a hundred years wow. old. And I got a hundred years old. A hundred years old. So that's pretty much my family. You know, my, my four uh-huh. kids, my wife. My brother and my 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 mom, you know. So yeah, mm-hmm. Beverly. How about you? I mean, tell me about you. Well, well, I mean, I was married for forty years, and and so I'm just uh, was in real estate and and things like that. Just basic, uh, nothing spectacular like you. You was hanging with all the superstars there, but I wanted to ask you, what do you think about? Uh, the Latin, Spanish Latin music now with all the, we got a large population of Spanish uh, speaking people that's in America now, more than we've ever had before. So where do you think the market is going? Well, a lot of these people there, um, they're coming in, you know, from all parts of Latin America, Central America, mm-hmm. you know, uh, every country has their own uh, style of music that they that this kind of you can say their national music. Um, mm-hmm. Places like Honduras that have soca and uh, punta. You know, there's places in Colum- like Colombia. You know, is known for cumbia. Uh, Argentina is known for tango. You know, uh, Mexico is you know the ranchera that you know uh, 
you know, Mexican, um, Mexican music, you know, uh, and that has evolved. All those, all those countries have evolved in their music. Now, Puerto Rico has taken the lead in Latin urban with an artist by the name of Bad Bunny. It started in 2002 mm-hmm. with a style of music called reggaeton. Uh, you had great artists, you know, like Daddy Yankee, Teo Calderon, Evie Queen, um, you know, so many others. We sing Yandel. Uh, so many artists. I did two concerts. Uh, I produced two concerts in Madison Square Garden, one in 2005, one in 2006. I was able to bring all these artists to Madison Square Garden, about 12 of these Latin urban reggaeton artists. And uh, we had two, you know, every show um, was a sold-out show, which was when I took the job to relocate to New York, I thought, you know, I knew that Ralph was doing concerts in Madison Square Garden for 30 years. And that was one of my goals, you know, to do that. But, you know, to answer your question, you know, a lot of these people don't, you know, they don't have disposable income. You know, listening to music mm-hmm. and marketing them and things like that, you know, cultural events, yes. You know, free events, yes. Um, but, they, they, you know, any music that, that, they, that they hear that reminds them of home you know, they gravitate to. The Puerto Ricans did it. Mm-hmm. The Mexicans have been, you know, doing it for years. And um, so, yes, you know, the the number one streamed artist in the world on Spotify for two years in a row is a Puerto mm-hmm. Rican Latin urban artist by the name of Bad Bunny. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so Latin is in. Is in. And you have some young mm-hmm. uh, female artists coming up in the in the general market urban community like uh, like uh, Ice Spice, uh, Cardi B. These are Latinas, you know. They grew mm-hmm. up in you know New York, and you have another uh, Latina from uh, Miami by the name of Mariah Angelique. Uh, so you know Latin is in. Um, I think you're going to hear more Latin. You know, as uh, as the years go by, but I think uh, we've mm-hmm. had enough talk on Block Talk Radio, and uh, <laughs> we can get back get back to, to some the music. of the music because we we do okay. the show to educate and entertain. And uh, yes. the act the last song we heard was uh, by two artists from Puerto Rico. Um, they're both um, you know gone. One is by the name of Tito Rojas. And the other one was Tito Gomez. Uh, that song Dejala became like a big hit all over Latin America. I still love that song anytime I hear it. So um, now we're going to get into some other Puerto Rican artists that uh, passed and okay. present, you know, that, uh, that made their mark in, in the now um, a multi-million a dollar Latin tropical music industry. All right, here we go. Yeah. 
Yo quiero ser 
cada día más y más.
la hipotean ya no puede caminar Pues le falta una patita, no va para adelante tampoco para atrás ¡Ah!
listening to Puerto Rico Salsa and Latin Jazz Artists and with Eddie Rodriguez. And uh, Eddie, well, who are those singers and what are they doing today? Well, um, some of them, I've, I've, I've had the pleasure to work with them and to know some of them. And uh, in particular, we started off with Puerto Rican Power. They're still around. They're, they tour all over the world. They're from Puerto Rico, and uh, that that particular uh, composition, uh, "Who Gets It Nadie," was a big hit uh, when they uh, were in. The, and it, that song came out in the '80s, actually. And um, wow, you know, it's one of the top songs. So uh, we have Puerto Rican Power, and then uh, after that, we had Hector Ray. Um, Hector Ray did that that song called Te Propongo, which is also a big salsa hit. Now, you can see that the salsa at that time had a different kind of feel to it, but, you know, always with that danceability. Um, mm-hmm. uh, some of the things that were, uh, the lyrics that were coming out during that time in the 80s uh, were called, uh, you know, people used to say it was salsa romantica or romantic salsa. It was always about love, a woman, man and a woman. And, uh, you know, once again, you know, the improvisational uh, ability of Hector Ray and, you know, and the lead singer for uh, for uh, Puerto Rican Power, you know, if you're able to listen, you know, you see that part where they just start putting words and not really the song, but just kind of like a, um, 
an improvisation segment of the song. So I chose those songs in particular because I, I, I felt that uh, that really showed the uh, the art of, of Latin music, not only a salsa singer, but uh, and all salsa singers, but the, the artistic uh, part of the music, which is uh, in particular that is. Uh, recognized and, and respected by by people in the industry and the and the, you know consumers of you know tropical dance music. Uh, you know, so that's why we call them soneros. The sonero mayor, number one sonero from Puerto Rico, was a gentleman, the late great Ismael Ismael Rivera. Uh, you know, because of his ability to. Um, Improvise, uh, you know, at a moment's notice, you know, and not not be the same thing all the time, you know, new things, but always, you know, with with the uh, within the beat, you know, and the uh, delivery of the of the uh, verses was so that um, you know made for that segment of the music people used to look forward to and listen to it, and, you know, you know, pretty closely and, and enjoy that. Uh, then we heard Hector Tricoche, uh, Hector Tricoche, another Puerto Rican sonero, um, you know, who's uh, the late, you know, Hector Tricoche, um, was also one of those soneros. Periquito Ping Ping um, was, once again, you know, uh, these are songs that were popular, you know, and and again, Hector Tricoche was a sonero, you know, uh, he's not with us anymore. Well, after that, we heard the late, great, oh, my God, Frankie Reese, you know. I mean, what a singer. He mm-hmm. he was a superstar. Uh, he's also gone. Um, you know, <clears throat> some of these artists, you know, once again, you know, the, uh, as as much as, as they were uh, popular and loved by their, by their fans all over the world, you know, their personal lives were, were not as... Um, you know, did not have that. They did not have the same success in their personal lives. So, uh, you know, these artists, some of them died very young. Uh, like a Frankie Reese, who was a superstar. Who today, you know, I think that his career would have been just as as important as as a Mark Anthony. Uh, that's how big he was. And uh, he was around before Mark Anthony. And Mark Anthony is the number one tropical salsa music artist in the world. You know, tens of millions of dollars for music sales and live concert tours. Uh, then, then after that, we heard, after Frankie Luis, uh, we heard Patacumbele. Patacumbele uh, was a group from the 80s that kind of went that real jazzy kind of like instrumental. Once again, Jerry Medina, the lead singer, he still was as a... Uh, a great range that he's, you know, that he has. You know, Eddie Palmieri has used him for recordings. Uh, the late, the great Eddie Palmieri, his birthday is next month. He's going to be 87 years old. The pianist, producer, composer, songwriter, Eddie Palmieri, band leader. Um, and so Jerry Rivera and, and that whole group, Atacumbele, um, you know, they were taking that sound that was coming out of Cuba. At that time, it was called Songo. Uh, today is called Timba, T-I-M-B-A. And Timba has turned into a new genre within salsa, subgenre, called Cuban salsa. And, um, but uh, the, the, the musicians 
on that last recording we just heard Batacumbela, the tune was called Batacumbela, that was the name of the group, uh, with some great musicians from Puerto Rico. I mean, obviously, with Jerry Medina on the vocals, uh, again, uh, another sonero. Uh, I, I think it makes for great dancing music. Uh, you know, if, uh, if you love music and you love to dance and you appreciate art, and from all over the world, uh, there's no way that the language can be a barrier to enjoy this music. And uh, that's why I chose that selection to, to curate this show for you tonight. Um, how did you feel about the music? Did you feel it? Oh, yeah. You're definitely going to feel this music. You can't sit still. you got to pat your feet or get on the floor and, and move that energy. There's really a lot of energy, and that's good. Well, we, we talk about that frequency, you know, the people that are on a certain mm-hmm. frequency, frequency that can mm-hmm. feel, you know, vibrations. These are vibrations yes. that come from one yes. stage to another, stage to the audience, or from a, from a speaker to your, your, your ears, you know, you mm-hmm. know that, that sense of, you know, that we all have of hearing is very important in terms of being able to feel the music and when you're in a concert, you're using both senses, your vision, your seeing, and, and your hearing. And so yeah. it's even more I, I believe that, you know, recordings are great, but the live live concerts of these artists, uh, to to see the, the professionalism, to see the, the talent, you know, that these uh, musicians have to have to, to be able to, you know, tour and, and and, and work within some the industry they love, uh, the the career that they chose uh, and, and master it. Uh, obviously, the, yeah. the musicians you hear, you know, they they're not just musicians you just pick up. These are the best that you can get uh, in, in Puerto Rico. So I'm very proud to know a lot of them. Uh, you know, like I said, some of the guys uh, that were in Batacumbele, like uh, like uh, you know Papo Vasquez and Trombone. Uh, uh, at that time, um, uh, you know, we had Eric Figueroa on bass, uh, Eddie Guagua Rivera. Uh, I mean, Eddie Guagua Rivera, Rivera on uh, Eric Figueroa on piano. He was a band leader. Uh, Nesta Torres on flute. I don't know if you listened to that flute on the last tune. But I heard it. I heard uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soul in it, you know, and, uh, you know, Nestor's uh, an incredible, you know, very spiritual human being. Uh, uh, that, you know, I became friends with him years ago. So, you know, that that's kind of like what I wanted to share with your audience, you know, to, to, mm-hmm. to see if, you know, they were able to to enjoy or feel the music, even though the language uh, could be uh, a barrier and even um, taking note of, of the of this particular area of music, the tropical Latin music industry or the tropical Latin dance music industry. You know, we, when we say Latin dance, there's a few other dances like bachata, which is kind of um, you know, a Dominican Republic kind of, you know, cultural dance. It became an urban bachata sound and Romeo Santos and Prince Royce, who I worked with, these guys are very, very, very successful. They write their own music, so they they sing, you know, 
and they tour and, and have you know millions of dollars you know from zero from living in the project or living in a tenement mm-hmm. apartment in, in in New York in the Bronx. Uh, you know, they've become uh, international superstars uh, by just singing bachata. So, but salsa, yeah. um, you know, in particular, was Puerto Rico and then New York and then the world. So, um, mm-hmm. uh, been, um, I've been uh, honored and blessed to meet a lot of these musicians and the artists, not only, you know, at concerts and, and in the recording studio, but... Uh, become friends with, with many of them and still friends with them now and uh, and uh, miss some of the ones that are gone, like uh, Latin jazz artists like Hilton Lees and Dave Valentin and obviously Tito Puente, you know, so, uh, and, you know, singers that I worked with from Cuba. We, we have tapped into this Soneda from Cuba, but Celia Cruz, may she rest in peace. You know, we're going to see the first Cuban-American an Afro-Cuban-American <laughs> with her image on U.S. currency. They're going to mint quarters, a quarter of a dollar, a quarter coin, mm-hmm. with the image of Celia Cruz. It'll be, uh, they're minting them to be released in, uh, in 2024. And, okay. uh, you know, for, for people like me, you know, I mean, you know, what, what do we have there? George Washington? I didn't know George Washington. You know, I was 17. <laughs> but I need stuff to do. So, so that, that, you know, it, it kind of like, wow, I've, I've been blessed. You know, but God has blessed me to 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 have, you know, these people, you know, call me by my first name or call me up and tell me and work with them at shows and produce shows for them and book them and, and, and know their husbands and, and be with them on concert too. So, um, you know, they, they, these are just wonderful God, people with God-given talent that will, you know, follow their dreams and um, were there to entertain for the public and the audience that, um, that they loved and the love was returned by you know, buying tickets to their concerts and buying their recordings and, and, and you know, making them popular within the, the, the right. Latin music industry. So, yes, um, that's uh, that's pretty much it. You know, I mean, we have a lot more music mm-hmm. coming up. Uh, want to give people okay. the call-in number if they have any comments? or uh, The call-in number here is 323-642-1587. And push to number one. If you have a question or a comment, uh, we have Eddie Rodriguez here who's been in the business, knows the business, and we're uh, listening to some great salsa and Latin jazz music. So we're going to get back into the vibes here. Haciendo el amor te nombrado sin quererlo yo. 
Recuerdos en mi corazón. 
Eres tú, Melissa.
are spotlighting Puerto Rico salsa and Latin jazz artists with Eddie Rodriguez. Wow, Who have we been listening to? <laughs> that was great, wasn't it? I wanted to mention on the first set we had a great, uh, the late uh, Marvin Santiago, uh, who is also mm-hmm. a, a singer in Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, we've been sh- showcasing a lot of singers. Uh, and, and once mm-hmm. again, you know, some of them are soneros. Um, uh, you know, people like Alalo Rodriguez or uh, or Paquito Guzman. Or, you know, uh, uh, these are these are soneros. Uh, you know, verses, uh, salsa singers that had the words. You know, for that segment where they they improvise, but they're not really improvising. It's not coming from the, the the heart. They're not making it up like like some of these soneros do. That that's the difference between them. It, sometimes it's hard to uh, you know distinguish one from the other. Um, but uh, once again, you know, we're trying to show from the point of view of art, uh, and um, we just heard some some really great music from from that era of uh, of romantic salsa. Uh, we started off with uh, Lalo, the late Lalo Rodriguez. Uh, he had a, a, a real, uh, you know, incredible uh, opportunity when he came up when uh, he joined the Eddie Palmieri Orchestra for uh, an album called uh, Bonito, The Son of Latin Music, Eddie Palmieri. And uh, that album won a Grammy. That was when everybody knew the voice of of Lalo Rodriguez, the late Lalo Rodriguez. Uh, uh, once again, a sonero is, you know, the difference between him and other salsa singers were that he he had the uh, the ability to improvise, not have something written down for him to sing, you know, verses, so to speak. But you know, made up the music. In, in, in essence, you know, they some of these uh, soneros were, were songwriters because they they added to the songs. But they a lot of them were not given credit as songwriters. They were artists that did the lead vocals, and you know, they did that to to embellish a song. So to speak, that's the way it was uh, you know categorized in in the industry. They weren't given credit. Like arrangers, you know, arrangers weren't given any credit, any royalties, they weren't paid royalties for what they contributed to making the song sound hot, you know, which is incredibly they took ballads and created a salsa arrangement or, you know, a danceable arrangement to this song. So, you know, but uh, some, you know, Lalo Rodriguez, the late Lalo Rodriguez, and then we heard Eddie Santiago once again. Eddie Santiago was you know, a, a, a singer of that time that was um, recording what they called salsa erotica or, or more romantic salsa. And, you know, it didn't pick up on the radio stations. They didn't want to play this music uh, in Puerto Rico or New York or any of Miami um, because they thought it was uh, not, uh, you know, it was too <laughs> erotic. I, I wish they, they, they would see what what hip hop is like today, you know? And right. Uh, really. Yeah. You know, 
But uh, Eddie Santiago, he's he's still around. Lalo is gone. Um, Eddie Santiago is still around. And we heard Paquito Guzman, another sonero, uh, what is known called Cinco Noches. Once again, the arrangement, his voice, the way that he delivers the improvisational part, you know, of the of the, of the song. Um, you know, he was a great singer, very much beloved by, by people traveled the world, loved in Latin America, like you all know. Um, then after that, we heard um, Willie Gonzalez. Uh, I, I've never worked with Willie Gonzalez. I don't know what his status is today. Uh, but uh, that song, you know, was a hit song during the time of that romantic salsa music coming out of Puerto Rico in particular. Not any other part of Latin America. This is coming directly out of Puerto Rico, and that's why I wanted to to curate a show to showcase that particular style uh, on this set. Mm-hmm. And uh, we then had Jerry Rivera. Uh, Jerry Rivera started singing. He's still active. Uh, he started singing salsa uh, when he was 16 years old. Uh, he was blessed by having some some great uh, personal uh, artistic managers uh, that were able to put him in places where they have put huge artists of the Latin tropical salsa music industry like the great Hector Laveau. Well, I didn't play tonight. You know, we've heard Hector before. Uh, but uh, uh, these are artists that I've in another, uh, shared with you and, and your audience just to give you a taste of of what that time was like, what the what the feeling was at that time. It was a little slower. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that, that you know, mambo craze of the, uh, the 50s and 60s that, that eventually turned into salsa. Uh, but that mambo craze in, in the 50s, uh, you know, was, was, you know, a music that was danced by every race that you can imagine, you know, from Jews to African-Americans, Puerto Ricans, Venezuelans. Um, and the big thing about that was dancing. And, you know, they, they competed and they, they had a, they were able to uh, come out of that. My uncle may rest in peace and his wife may she rest in peace. Uh, my uncle teaches and his wife, uh, uh, Josephine, um, met dancing <laughs> And so I have cousins that are really African-American that grew up in African-American neighborhoods and, uh, you know, who met, uh, you know, at, uh, at a dance club dancing Latin music. Um, then the last number was the great uh, Noro Morales. Uh, you know, this is getting into kind of a Latin jazz thing, but, you know, danceable. Once again, instrumental, no vocals, you know, just instrumental. A great pianist who was able to compose great music for that time, you know, the 40s, the 50s, and very popular in New York. Uh, so uh, that, that wraps up that set, and we're getting close to wrapping up the show. So, Beverly, I want to thank you yes. once again for inviting us thank to you. the program and your audience for thank listening. You. And, uh, I, um, I'm looking forward to next week. We're going to look at legendary Puerto Rican uh, bands or orchestras that have toured the world from the Gran Combo, Sonora Ponceña, Willie Rosario, Mulente, uh, and so many more that, uh, uh, you know, Roberto Ruana and his Apollo Sound. 
you know, it's there's so many. Uh, Alberto Santiago, another sonero, uh, a female sonera by the name of Yolanda Rivera, which you didn't hear any females tonight. So next week we'll have some of that. Once again, thank you, and I'm looking forward to next week. All right. Well, thank you, and I'm looking forward to and better love. Thank you for the music. Better love to you and to uh, everyone listening. A big shout out to my wife Brenda and my son Eddie who are on the road and uh, wishing the best best on their vacation. All right. Thank you again. Thank you. Better love.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.